All right, beautiful. Now then, <laughs> three, two, one, five blokes podcast up and running with three blokes today. Episode zero, team of the year. All right, so uh, I figure what we do, uh, we'll go one line at a time rather than doing full 11s. Just makes our lives a little bit easier. But, uh, you know, basically, let's just talk about who should win it, who's actually going to win it because of politics and other things. And uh, yeah, let's just see what opinions are out there. So, I mean, Let's hear it. What's your uh, what's your backline and goalkeeper look like for who who will win the team of the year? Uh, who, I, who I think will win is going to be uh, Robertson, Ramos, Van Dyke, and Trent Alexander Arnold with Allison right behind them. I believe that wow. those are the FIFA favorites. Uh, I think. Nima. Yeah, hold on. Off of Nima, who you year. got? Yeah, so I actually, even though I'm a Liverpool fan, I disagree with who will actually win. So I think it's going to be Alfonso Davies, Ramos, Van Dyke, and then Trent Alexander-Arnold. And then right behind him, I actually think Newer is the is the favorite there over Allison. Huh. Well, I mean, I said your opinions were shitty, but I agree completely with you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. also think Robertson, Ramos, Van Dyke, Trent, and Allison. They're too good. But anyway, I interrupted you. I mean, what were you saying about them? No, uh, I mean, first of all, your opinion regarding my opinions uh, <laughs> is flawed, <laughs> I believe. But uh, yeah, no, I think these are the favorites. Uh, Liverpool's coming off of what their first Prem win in a long time. Uh, although Liverpool's been not in the best form since uh, after COVID stop the you know full swing of the season they you know they put themselves in such a great place that they easily won the league regardless uh and they're still looking like you know strong contenders for this year's league so yeah i mean it's hard i also like davies uh you know to be considered do i think he's earned team of the year already i don't know i mean he played amazing in the champions league but as far as you know bundesliga play he's been you know Great, but I don't know if team of the year just yet. It's kind of yeah. interesting. It's kind of interesting. We all agreed that Van Dyke is there, even though he's missed the entire 2020-2021 season. I mean, you kind of have to go back to when we when we evaluate these players, right? You think about in your head who leaves the biggest impact. And for me, players like Ramos and, and Van Dyke, you know, they're just so impactful, right? That yeah, I mean, Van Dyke's been hurt for a while, but he had such a big role to play in Liverpool winning the title. And even the year before, he was so influential that I think anybody, you know, who actually watches Premier League can agree that, you know, Van Dyke is one of those players that when he's on the on the field, yeah, he's by far the best player normally. So I don't think that's surprising in my opinion anyway. I, I do want to say, I, I think it's interesting that we disagree, me being the Liverpool fan that uh, – that I, I don't necessarily think Allison is gonna win over over Neuer, and I think one big reason is you look at the number of trophies that Bayern's won this year, and the number of trophies that Liverpool's won, and you know you got to say it it does come down to a lot of goals conceded. So you guys want to tell me a little bit more about why you think Allison is gonna win that over Manuel Neuer? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think Amin kind of said it. It's like a team of the year is not really like team of the year. It's more like who's been hot for three years and like now who and like you have to basically dethrone somebody who's been hot for three years. And so like, number one, they did they uh, Allison came off the best season. I think he got I think he got goalkeeper of the year the year before this. Uh, um, 
at least that's part of team of the year he did, but I think he also got the golden glove. I might be wrong about that. But, um, but when Allison showed up to Liverpool, the team was completely different. They went from really a team that was really good, but was conceding like crazy because they had a terrible goalkeeper to basically having somebody who was influential and impactful, like you said. And I just don't think in terms of like popularity and dethroning somebody that Neuer did that because he only had one but one good season. And I think it takes more than one good season to dethrone somebody in terms of like who actually will win the voting. Because that, that's why Ramos has been there for so long too. I think, I think he's just been so hard to dethrone more than anything. Um, but I don't know if you have anything else there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with that. Uh, and that's why it's going to be really interesting when we talk about who should win because, uh, you know, the players that really came up this year specifically rather than the players that have been on hot teams coming into this year, you know. And with the yeah. COVID break, it almost seems like pre-COVID was still 2020, you know, like the, the beginning of last season. Uh, it seems like it was 2020, but if we're talking about team of the year 2020, I think that's what, what will make our uh, who should win conversation very interesting. Well, let's jump yeah. into it then. Let's jump into it. Who should win? I'll, I'll start. Um, so my who should win actually looks a lot more like Nima who will win. Um, I think Alfonso Davies should win left back. Um, I got some data to support that too, but I think he should be winning left back. Um, I actually think that the center back should not be Ramos, even though he won La Liga. I think it should be David Alaba, which might be the one hot take uh, from Bayern. And then the rest of the team, the rest of the defense is the same for me. It's still Van Dyke, still Trent, and then still Allison. Um, the, really, it's just those two changes for me. But I mean, what you got since you gave me the frowny face? <laughs> I told you I was going to come in here with some hot takes. Uh, I think I'll start with Ramos just because you brought him up specifically. If you look at Madrid without Ramos, they look horrible. We th they actually look like what we expected Madrid to look like without Ronaldo. So uh, Ramos, beyond just the way he plays defense, which is, you know, he's a brutal gladiator defender. Uh, he leads the team, uh, you know, more than any coach really has an effect on a team. And we saw it when Ramos was injured, when he got a red card, uh, and the team looked horrible without him. Varane has looked horrible without Ramos this year. He's had own goals. He's had, you know, passing it to the other players. So he leads not only Varane, which is arguably a top 10 center back in the world, uh, and he leads that entire team. So I had Ramos definitely there. Uh, even though Van Dyke, I thought, didn't play enough, just like Nima said, Van Dyke is just so, so dominant when he's on the field that I thought he should be included. And here's my hot take. So I went with a three center back defense. And uh, I thought Marquinhos deserved a shout out this year. Uh, PSG looked very dominant, even when they played against Bayern. Uh, they didn't look horrible. Uh, you know, he, he played very, very versatile for a center back at least he was coming up on attacks and starting uh, a bunch of those attacks so I thought Marquinhos should be mentioned and then my goalkeeper I had Neuer just because it's it's hard to ignore that Bayern defense yeah yeah um and and kind of to round it out uh I should be so the goalkeeper I chose was Allison uh <laughs> I tried to separate my Liverpool bias but I really do think uh and, and Seth made this comment a little bit earlier the whenever I, I started watching Liverpool, it was back in like the, the 08 09 season, and 
I've never seen in all these years that I've watched Liverpool somebody come in and just dominate the way that Allison does. And, you know, even in today's game against Manchester United, you know, there were several times where I was like, okay, that's okay. You know, they, they you know, say Pogba was in on goal or, or uh, Fernandez was in on goal. And he made two amazing saves that frankly should have went in. And so I think when you look at it holistically, maybe Newer's conceded less times and maybe has a better record. But I think, you know, Allison, the role he plays and, and the saves that he makes, he, he can't be denied. And I definitely think he should be the one to win. Uh, as for the back line, uh, I think we've all agreed Trent definitely deserves the, the right back slot. Uh, Van Dyke, you know, I commented a little bit earlier why, why I think he should be back there. Ramos, and so this is an interesting one. I struggled with, with this position the most, the, the other center back, because, you know, Van Dyke, you've seen it whenever Lovren plays next to him, when Matip plays next to him, when even some of the younger center backs would play next to him. He has this thing about him that makes him, that makes the players around him better, right? Van Dyke oozes class and that makes the players around him, I think, just so much better. Um, and so I think there's something special to be said for that. However, for, for Real Madrid, Varane, I would say, is just as important to, to Madrid's back line, in my opinion, as Ramos. And some of the saves that Varane has made in terms of getting back when maybe Ramos was pushed higher, you know, it just makes me, it makes me question Ramos's spot because I don't think he's, the, he's just as influential uh, as Van Dyke is. And that's my, you know, that's my own take. But I did include him in the very end, uh, you know, next to Van Dyke on my, on my should-be squad and then uh i did go with robertson but maybe not for the reason that people people think so again i am a liverpool fan i i do have that bias i tried to to kind of disconnect the two but i will say one thing with with robertson that i really enjoy watching him his work rate to to both defensively and offensively i don't think anyone matches that in the world and alfonso davies is very very good and you know I think it's awesome how, how far he's come and, and the fact that he's Canadian, I think, you know, I mean, not far from the U S so I definitely want him to be successful, but I just think right now, Robertson is, is by far the, the best left back out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, one thing, I'm sorry, Seth, uh, no, good. just taking into account 2020 specifically. Uh, I mean, Veron has not been a good center back this year. Now that's a uh, very crazy thing to say considering most center backs get better with age whatever but if you look at Madrid's games I mean uh I guess eventually when we become a little more efficient at this we can pull it up on the spot if you find all the games Ramos isn't there Real Madrid lost or drew or just didn't win when Ramos is there they look pretty good and so there is the leadership thing and there is the oozing class thing and he's one of those players that I think other players feel comfortable when they see him even Veron. Veron looks like world-class when he's next to Ramos he looks world-class on France so that kind of hurts my argument a little bit but this past year 2020 I think Ramos did did take leadership of this Real Madrid team that was looking for a leader so yeah yeah and that's that's a really fair point uh, you know it's tough right it's really tough in these situations to to pull out a player and see what the result of it I mean of course there are games where one is hurt or the other is hurt but usually it's it's tough to to make a point about this because I do think Varane and Ramos feed off each other. And, you know, who's to say that if you were to replace, you know, Van Dyke with Ramos or Van Dyke with Varane, maybe they would both perform better than Van Dyke. 
Um, but yeah, I guess that's a really good point. I guess with the data that I've seen and just the, the way that I've seen them play, uh, you know, my decision was was ultimately to, to include Ramos, but it was definitely uh, closer than including Van Dyke for sure. And do you think uh, Trent's performance in the beginning of this new season has been as great as you would have expected based on last season? Because to me, I think he's started off a little underwhelming, and that's kind of why. Uh, I mean, he's. I still think the best right back that's playing right now, but to put him in a team of the year in 2021, so many players had breakout years, arguably. Uh, to me, that's why I went with the, just a three center back uh, team. But I, I mean, it makes perfect sense if anyone says Trent and Robertson or Trent and Davies, I have nothing to say against that because that does make perfect sense to me if you're going with that classic formation. Uh, it's just, I feel like this year, a lot of midfielders and uh, you know forwards came out a little bit and I just wanted to include a little bit more even, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and, and to, to be completely honest with you, I definitely think that Trent has been underperforming. I think he gave the ball away, uh, not this game against Manchester United, but the previous game, 30-something times, 38 times, I think, mm -hmm. he gave the ball away. And so, but I, I also want us to take a step back and, and realize, like, you know, he's 22 years old. He's still mm -hmm. not, you know, even though he's been in the starting squad for for you know a number of years he's been training with the first team a number of years he's still a kid right he's 22 yeah. years old and so I think he's still learning he's still developing that sense of maturity and I, I just want to say also I think that there are times where you you sometimes want to expect your right back to to get forward and put in crosses and and do it all but there are times that it's going to be pretty unrealistic depending on who you play and, and what their tactics are you know if you're expected to be the right back and to defend but then also to get forward and attack I think that can be a lot so clearly you know he hasn't been playing you know as well as uh as he started out last season but I also want to say I think a huge huge reason for that is is uh Van Dyke getting hurt and again who's to say if if Van Dyke wasn't hurt maybe Trent would be mm -hmm. playing better maybe he wouldn't be you know it's it's tough to say uh but I do think a huge reason just from, from my speculation is Van Dyke getting hurt and Trent, you know, not being able to push forward as freely as he, as he normally would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I'll go back. Cause like the wingbacks were tough for me. It's kind of interesting that we all had trouble choosing like that other center back. Cause like, you know, it seems like center backs are either incredible or like they're highly debated, but um, something that's like important on, on my team as we go towards the who should win <clears throat> in terms of like what some of my criteria was when it comes to being the best in a year, I think winning is really important. And so like these teams that like won their league, that won the champions league, that won awards that like were the best in their league by far, like when you kind of aggregate all of those up, that's, that's how you end up in my team for who should win. Um, and that's where like the Champions League final was a big deal. So like uh, a couple stats that I did gather. So it's kind of interesting. So Trent, four goals, 19 assists. Um, and he won the league, which first league title for Liverpool, huge deal. And he also won young player of the year, I think for the second time or something like that, which is insane. Um, so like for him not to be in the team, is kind of crazy to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I was between Robertson and Davies. You mentioned Robertson being the best left back in the world. I agree. I actually think he is the best left back in the world. Um, but Davies and Robertson actually had pretty similar stats since 1920. Um, 
Robertson, four goals, 17 assists. Davies, three goals, 10 assists. Seven assists is a big deal. But Davies shows up late, and he ends up with 10 assists, wins the league, wins the Champions League, and gets Young Player of the Year in the Bundesliga. And, and, held, uh, and held PSG to a shutout, who have Neymar and Mbappe on their team. He had Neymar streaking down his side one half, and he had Mbappe streaking down his side the other half. And they still kept him to a shutout. So um, to me, that just said a lot in terms of like being on that team. Um, and, and Alaba was the same way there. I knew he was going to be debatable, but he switched positions. He ended up going from left back to center back, still leading the team all the way through the, cha- through the Champions League, arguably having the toughest trail to the Champions League final and beating every team along the way um, and really not conceding much at all. So um, I just thought he was dominant across those things and on top of that the Bayern also won uh, they won the league for like the ninth straight year or something like that and that was the longest streak by any team ever they probably both broke Bayern's record from a previous time but uh, so all of those things keeping in mind that's that's how I ended up at Davies and Alaba but yeah um, yeah yeah one uh, thing that I do oh go ahead I mean no you can go ahead you know one thing that I Whenever I was I was writing these names down, uh, something that came into my head, there's there's two kind of conflicting factors. And so one for me, Bayern's team is so incredible that obviously Alfonso Davies is a phenomenal player and on a really, really good Bayern team. And, you know, it, it took me a second to think. And I just don't know if I if I think that he is as important to Bayern as Robertson is to Liverpool. And so, so that was one factor on one side, but on the other side, you know, I started thinking, you know, Liverpool has really, really dropped their form, right? If you consider, uh, you know, last season, uh, and I'm talking last Premier League season, Liverpool were unstoppable, right? No one could really score on them. You know, it was just everybody that came to play, no matter, you know, Champions League, whatever. They just, they couldn't get in at all. You know, and, and part of that, a, a huge part of that being Van Dyke. But I think it's perfectly acceptable for somebody to say, look, I don't think Robertson did the job this year, right? I don't think Trent did the job this year. So, uh, you know, although I am a Liverpool fan, I find it hard to believe that anybody, you know, if you did hear, you know, one of them was not in the team of the year. I don't think that's too unbelievable given their form. Um, and if somebody looked at me and said, you know, honestly, I, I thought, Davies outperformed Robertson I would say okay I you know given the data that Seth just read off for us and given the performance that that uh that we've seen from from Davies and and Robertson I have no problem with those two being flipped at all Mm -hmm. now I I don't know who would overtake Trent but I'm gonna say you know if somebody had switched in you know if you can make a good argument to me, I don't think I would be, you know, too against him being kept out of the team of the year either, because his form has also really dropped. Uh, and so those two conflicting factors really played into my mind when making my decisions. Yeah. And with Trent, I think his spot's pretty solid until this Tavernier kid, uh, you know, gets a real chance. I mean, he's in, the, he's the top scorer of the Scottish league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he's a right back. So yeah. that's nuts. I know it's not the strongest league, but he's a kid. He's English. He's going to have that hype. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I'm assuming we're going to see him on a real team soon. And those numbers are crazy. But yeah, like you guys said, if we're including right backs and left backs, it's almost like you can't not include those players. My only reservation with Davies, 
and this may have been just due to lack of uh, knowledge on my part, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he was going between starter and bench this year. So if it had been just a consistently starting position, uh, you know, I would have included him and it goes back to importance. And when you have an amazing team, I mean, arguably, you know, my Barcelona bias 10 years ago, you could have made a world 11 of Barcelona, you know? Right. So you have right. to look at like most important defender, on a team uh, that's doing well also. That's so a good point. That's the, the only reason I chose Ramos was we haven't really seen Madrid decline to the point that we thought it would maybe without Ronaldo. And when he is on the pitch, we actually have pretty good data versus when he's not sure. on uh, regarding his importance. And that's why I, I had to include him. Yeah. All right. So Midfielders. are there, um, well, real quick, because we just talked about Trent, Robo, and Davies. Are there any other wide backs that would be in the conversation? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Which I don't think so either. Greatness or, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I think I think maybe you could make the – I don't know. There are there are the case of, of these, you know, side players. Like, I'm sure somebody would, would want to make the case for, say, like Kyle Walker and that kind of sort of player who maybe doesn't, you know, get the number of assists that, that some of these other uh, wingbacks do. But – you know, defensively is super, super important to a team. Um, but no, I don't think any, any, you know, I don't think there's anybody that I can think of that has any real, you know, threat to, to unthroning any of those guys. Yeah, we could have like a notable shout out for 2020 year, like Luca Dina had a great year. Uh, you yeah. could shout out uh, for Long Mendy on Madrid as well. I yeah, read some crazy stat about Madrid never losing when he gets to play. That's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, it, it could also speak to how little he plays or what games he plays in. But, you know, uh, like I said, I, I'd like to look forward to see how Mendy's year goes to Vernier's year goes. But it seems like uh, Trent Robertson and Davies are dominating those positions right mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm, sure. mm -hmm. All right, cool. All right, yeah, let's go to the midfield. Uh, let's see who will take the team of the season. I'll say this. Uh, Nima, I'll let you go first, but this was very difficult for me because I was having trouble finding midfielders that I felt like dominated. And yeah. I know that there's there's kind of a, a, a line, it's kind of a loose line between what's a midfielder and what's a forward. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Nima, who's your midfield? Who, who will win? Team of the yeah, year in, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. So I'll just preface this really quick with, I actually looked up uh, on the, the uh, official website who's classified as a, as a attacking player, as they call it and a midfielder. And I was interested to see people like, uh, like Son is actually a midfielder, which I definitely do not classify him as a, as a midfielder at all. But, uh, you know, like echoing Seth, I think this was really hard, but uh, I ultimately went with uh, Thiago, De Bruyne and Kimmich. So those three, um, I do want to say that again, the role of, of, a, of a, you know, attacking midfielder versus a, a forward versus a more central midfielder, it's tough, right, to, to try and pick three players to, to kind of between all of those positions because you yeah. don't want to you don't want to just say, you know, X number of goals, X number of assists, because, you know, players like Gini Wijnaldum on, on Liverpool, he, you know, I saw a stat that he hasn't had an assist in X number of games, but I think if you ask anybody who watches Liverpool games, you know, they don't care, right? They do a job for the team that, that is incredible and super important. And I would say that I would rather have Wijnaldum in the midfield over almost anybody other than maybe Thiago. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. that, to, 
you know, to that point. But uh, that's the team I went with. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'll let you go last this time. Uh, but okay. I had um, – I agree with you, Nima, that a lot of times it's like a sexy conversation. Like, who's sexy? We kind of already said that. Yeah. But um, I actually think this is the year where somebody who is not sexy will get into that midfield. Okay. Um, I have that person being Henderson, which <laughs> is – I know crazy, but (laughs) Henderson is a guy who doesn't get numbers, but he was without a doubt, like it's hard to say that Liverpool would have won that title and won the Champions League final last year without Henderson. And as much as I think he's actually a pretty average player, he gets the job done and he's in that 11 pretty much all the time. So I think Henderson's going to be there. I think I'd be surprised if De Bruyne is not in all three of our teams. Uh, for yep. who will win, but uh, but the other player I think will be sexy. He's up and coming, and he's got a big fan base behind him. And it's going to be Bruno Fernandes. He didn't have mm-hmm. a crazy year. He's like got a really even year where he's got ten plus goals, ten plus assists this year. Man United at the top of the table, and it's because he can score penalties, but it's also because he creates opportunities. Um, and he's basically taken that team in like a year and a half from like tenth place up to the up to first place, and it's not because of Pogba, and it's really probably not because of all the gun so shires uh so i it, that's that's where i stand with those three um but i mean who you got yeah so like you said de bruyne's in all three of ours that's a you know no thinker he's the most world-class midfielder i think we have right now and arguably one of the best ever i don't know where he would rank all time but you know he has that skill set where he could provide an assist from anywhere on the field shoot a long you know screamer that no one else really shoots anymore and uh yeah so the value he provides is you know very great and then I have Bruno as well just because the winning factor he it's not pretty (laughs) it's not the prettiest (laughs) uh, way to score goals it gives me some problems just even you know having him there but this is who will win so there's no way uh he wouldn't be there I think Kimmich just the I think he's the cog that makes Bayern so so smooth like he's a defensive midfielder that is great in attacking scenarios that can provide assists from anywhere that can drop the ball anywhere he wants uh and Kimmich might even be the most underrated player in the world in my opinion uh yeah uh, I think he does all the dirty work he does all the all the work really for that Bayern team and makes it work really well yeah, yeah. Reason I wouldn't put Tiago there is only because uh, he hasn't been able to play a lot towards the end of 2020. And I think that's yeah. like the 2020 year. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I'm, I'm certainly fine with that. Again, there's so many good quality players that I think uh, that could fill this gap. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the people that we mentioned actually want it. I will make a case uh, against Bruno Fernandez for one reason, honestly. So He's been super influential and he's a very, very good player. Don't get me wrong. But I will say that when, when I watch Bruno Fernandes play, I, I feel like he is the, he's obviously the cog of the Manchester United attack. Um, but I, I just, I just don't see him winning team of the year. And when you, when you compare him to someone like Thiago or, or Kimmich or De Bruyne, you know, all these guys have a certain, they're a class above, I think, Fernandez. And granted, you know, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Fernandez because I know, I know he gets a lot of crap for being, you know, the, the guy who wins penalties and scores penalties. But, 
you know, and, and that can't be overstated, you know, I think ultimately, I just think that the, that the class that some of these other midfielders bring, I just don't see in Fernandez. And that's a personal opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's fair. The, um, it's, it's funny because, uh, and we'll get to, to who should win, but I have Kimmich in that team. It's, it's funny because I just don't, it, it, it's like Kimmich won, I actually don't know if he ever won team of the year when he was playing right back. And now that right. he is, um, and now that he is playing center mid really consistently, um, I have that he has 11 goals and 24 assists, which is obscene. That's nice. insane. Yeah. Um, for a right back to come into the midfield and do that. Um, and on top of that, he was there to win the league for them, and he won the Champions League. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was slotted in there. But again, when it comes to being a popularity contest, I feel like. I feel like these these Bayern players just aren't sexy. Like uh, yeah. you know, they, it's like they just don't sell because they're just a bunch of Germans who perform perfectly. Like yeah. they perform so clinically and so perfectly, it makes it look easy, not sexy. Um, and uh, and so I actually generally don't think the Bundesliga gets enough credit on that front. But um, the only player yeah. then we, we all agree on De Bruyne. Fernandez is a little bit questionable. So if if you had to put if you had to pick a, a Liverpool midfielder to go in there, I mean. For who for who will win, who who would you put in there? It's hard for me. Uh, I think Wijnaldum is very influential when he plays, but I feel like he doesn't play so consistently as, as far as just minutes. Uh, I do think he's maybe their most talented midfielder. I don't know now that they have Thiago. I haven't seen enough of Thiago on Liverpool to speak on that. Uh, he, like you said, I mean Henderson's perfect for them as far as twenty twenty though. I feel like. Uh, you know, stretching it. If I'm going to choose between a Liverpool and a Bayern player, I might just go Bayern. So that's, you know, more why I was just thinking more Bayern players in the midfield. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Henderson's importance is, you know, like you said, understated. We don't know what he's doing, but he does it well. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to make a point, and, and Amin made this point a little bit earlier with, with Kimmich just not being, you know, he's super underrated, and I agree with that. And I totally understand, Seth, why you wouldn't put him in the, the, the team that will win. Because, again, I think he is not as, as popular as some of these other players. But, you know, I, I think it would be really sad if he, if he didn't win. For a, for a right back to come in and slot in kind of and play more of a holding mid and have those numbers is, is pretty crazy to me, right? The way, the way he can defend and then also get forward, it, it would just be unfair if he didn't win, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And and we've also seen him like perform Xavi-esque passes. That's what's crazy to me. Uh coming yeah. from a right back position to a center defensive mid to a center yeah. mid now. Uh the way he drops the ball over defenders right to the feet of Lewandowski and you know uh yeah. Mabry, it's been great. It's been amazing. And the only midfielder I can even think to compare him to right now is De Bruyne in terms of passing and accuracy and uh, importance in the midfield so that's why I, I really I will be shocked if they overlook him I know we said he's not uh, you know the sexiest player for the media to portray and uh, all that stuff but at the same time if you look at that Bayern team their you know their midfield yeah. is definitely run and managed by Kimmich and uh, you know awesome yeah yeah all right well let's let's go on to who should win it then I mean I know you said you gave some love to the <laughs> midfielders so go yeah. for it uh, well, actually, I have 
two midfielders. I, I chose uh, <laughs> an interesting formation, uh, but I have De Bruyne and Kimmich right there. Uh, and I think I would also throw, if I have to pick a third midfielder, but it's not on the midfield list, I'd throw Neymar in there. I think he, he had a very great year uh, as a playmaker, interestingly. Uh, but yeah, I went with two midfielders, so I won't get too far into that. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I went three. I actually went four, three, three for both, but um, just to make it easier on myself, to be mm -hmm. honest, um, my three are De Bruyne is there, um, and he's probably going to make both all, all the lists for all of us. Um, I have Kimmich there. We already talked about him. And then somebody that could be debatable whether he's a midfielder or not. I have Muller. Um, and Muller last season, before Nima, you go, Muller last season had 23 goals and 37 assists. Holy. Um, <laughs> and that's across everything. And, uh, and to me, somebody with that many assists is, is a midfielder. Um, those, those numbers do beat uh, De Bruyne's numbers. Um, but it's a different league. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't think that we would take Muller over De Bruyne in any case. But I think the fact that his numbers were better than De Bruyne's and he won the league and the Champions League um, means that he should be there. And maybe I was going to bring this up last time, maybe be there over Kimmich. But, uh, but Nima, who you got? Yeah. And so I, I tried to take out my, uh, my again, my Liverpool uh, kind of embedded thought process whenever I was going through this. And so, so I went with uh, Thiago, De Bruyne, and uh, Kimmich. And so I, whenever I first wrote this down, I actually wrote in Henderson just because of, uh, you know, honestly, the, the job that he does for Liverpool, I don't think it, it goes way beyond stats. I think when he's on the field, they're just a different team. And when Henderson comes off, I can see the, the quality drop. And I think, him with Van Dyke together, I just think that everything flowed all the way. And I think partially why the front three in Liverpool were able to get the opportunities they got, you know, a lot of it goes to, to Firmino making the, the correct runs to open up space for Mane and Salah. But a lot of it, I think, is because, you know, the, the back line and the midfield for Liverpool played so strongly and so well, they actually opened up that space for Salah and Mane. And so when you're, when you're tied up in the midfield, and people are banging balls, you have to draw more and more people to try and win the ball. That opens up space. You can kind of ping it over the top to one of those two. But, uh, you know, ultimately I decided to take Henderson out. Um, you know, it was a tough decision, but I think ultimately just like, you know, we were talking about Kimmich's numbers, uh, you know, can't be understated. And so I ultimately went with him. So, yeah. So your, um, your who will win and should win are the same in the midfielder. Yeah. They are. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what, well, I guess general thoughts, what are, what are thoughts on a, on Muller after hearing those numbers and is he even a midfielder? I'm baffled when you said that that's, that's nuts. Uh, like you actually brought up briefly, the definition of a midfielder now is not the same. I mean, we have two classical midfielders that are dominating and then we either have center defensive mids, center attacking mids, you know, the left mids and right mids are pretty much left wides and right wides these days. It's so, it's so difficult to just define midfielder, but I mean, with those stats, I think Mueller might deserve a shout out. And I would, I would have rethought my entire team a little bit, just knowing that and given how much they won again, they're going to knock it a little bit just because of the league it's in. Uh, but I mean, he showed up a lot in the champions league. I mean, it's the energy he brings as well. The leadership, the wisdom uh, he's getting up there in the years and still performing like that. 
uh, that's a great sleeper pick, Seth. <laughs> yeah, so we're all pretty much on the same page here, but we only picked between the Prem and the Bundesliga. Like, who are, who are we missing that's out there in, in the world? Any thoughts? Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple players that are hard to, you know, dethrone as we spoke about earlier. I wouldn't be surprised if Cruz made his way in here. Uh, Casemiro is always good. Uh, it's just hard to pick from these teams that seem to be dying right now. I mean, La Liga is going through structural changes. Uh, the Italian league has been pretty crazy this year. I mean, AC Milan's at the top of that one was Laton being a player coach. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a nutty, <laughs> nutty situation we have going on everywhere else in the world. Uh, but I mean, Frankie de Jong is playing well. I wouldn't put him anywhere near a team of the year yet, but he's playing very well in the midfield. Uh, I don't know. Arthur is uh, playing well in Juventus. You know who's playing well in Juventus, uh, Seth? Aaron Ramsey. Yes. Uh, Aaron Ramsey has had a hell of a year. So uh, it's very interesting, the scenarios that are happening right now. But I think it's too early to even consider any of the midfielders in any of these leagues as team of the year for 2020. They just didn't do what they needed to do. Barcelona looked great until Bayern said, no, you don't. Uh, (laughs) And now (laughs) Barcelona can't you know, win more than three games in a row. So it's really, it's really strange to see. Uh, and PSG doesn't really have a dominant midfield. I included Neymar in my midfield because I feel like he did play more of a left mid slash center attacking mid position uh, the past year. Uh, he didn't play as many games as I would like to have any player in a team of the year, but PSG was notably different with him. And, you know, as soon as he got back, uh, their Champions League run looked way different. They made it to the finals. And in the finals, you could argue he was the only one playing playing pretty well for them. Uh, so, yeah, those are yeah, my thoughts. Cool. Yeah. The, um, all right, cool. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we don't need to belabor on the midfield. The attacking part is the fun part anyway, right? So, yes. uh, Nima, who's, who will win uh, those three attacking spots on your side? I mean, yeah. I know you have five yeah. of them, but you know, we'll start with with Nima with Not his on the three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this is always fun for me uh, to think because I think most years in my head I could see a number of players kind of being switched in and out, but this year I thought it was pretty pretty unanimous. Uh, this was the easiest for me. I think it's going to be Messi, Lewandowski, and Ronaldo, um, and so those three I think undoubtedly. Uh, should be the three that win. I know people will question Ronaldo, but uh, given his stats uh, and how many goals he scored this year, I you know I, I can't see anyone uh, beating him out for that position. But those are my three. Fair enough. And I mean, you're probably going to be the one to strike up debate, so I'll go first. Um, for me, it's a very similar front three. Um, it's uh, the only difference is uh, I have Lewandowski and Messi. Um, those two are shoe-ins based on not only stats, but popularity. Messi's going to be really hard to dethrone out of that team of the year. Um, and uh, on the left side, I have Mbappe, uh, mainly because the, he, he ended up getting player of the year. He took his team to the Champions League final, arguably uh, better, uh, arguably the same, if not better, than Neymar. He had much better stats than Neymar last year. Um, and so I think one player needs to get in from PSG, judging by their by, by what happened last year. And I think it will be Mbappe over Neymar. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, what you got to mean? So uh, I originally had Messi, Lewandowski, Ronaldo. 
And then I kept thinking to myself, just 2020 wise, if there was a scenario where they would like to dethrone one of the greats in this lineup, I think it would be this year. And in fact, I don't think it would be Ronaldo. It would be Messi that would be replaced because he, you know, he let everyone down this year, I think. Uh, the objectives were very clear. This year was uh, a year that Barcelona wanted to win the Champions League. They didn't do it. Not only did they not do it, they were destroyed. And the way everything was handled after that by a captain of a team, I think it was very mishandled by him, either by his lack of speech or by whatever attitude he let the media go with. So I have Ronaldo, uh, Lewandowski, and if somehow they want to dethrone Messi this year, I have Salah or Neymar. And again, I think Mbappe let PSG down a little bit in the final. And he's not, he's amazing, but I think he's not at the point where he's the one that would dethrone a Messi. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think Neymar's impact, like I said, I don't like putting him in here without playing plenty of games. But the few games that he played in, PSG looked like they were going to lose out of the Champions League. He comes in, he took it personally, he carried them. Even this year, he's been playing lights out when he does play. So uh, either, either Neymar or Salah, and I don't know who to choose between them. So I think Salah might win it this year. Uh, in team of the year and dethrone Messi though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's it's funny because uh, obviously you're a Barcelona fan. I'm a Liverpool fan, but I I completely disagree. I think that it's it's borderline a crime. I think to not include Messi in in team of the year. Um, and I think that people have referred to this as like a Messi effect. The you know the the stage has been set for the you know, just everyone has so such unrealistic expectations for Messi and Ronaldo. And no matter what they do, it's it's like, yeah, they did this, but they also did this last year. They did it the year before. They did it the year before. And I think that, you know, we have to really analyze year by year. And and what Messi and Ronaldo, both of them have done this year, and, and Lewandowski as well, it's it's like out of this world, right? I think it's very, very unfair to, to you know, not include Messi, not include Ronaldo. Um, but more than that, I think when we, when we include, you know, people from PSG and, you know, again, this is a, a you know, person dependent thing. I just can't see Mbappe or Neymar being put on, on uh, any of these lists simply because the number of games that were, that were played in the French league were so little. Um, and it's not their fault, right? It's not, it's not Mbappe's fault. It's not Neymar's fault. But at the end of the day, you have to go based off the data you have. And neither of them have convinced me that they should be placed over Ronaldo, over Messi, over Lewandowski, you know, with what they did do, if that makes sense. So slightly unfair and, and not easy to compare, but I just think they, they weren't, you know, like, whoa, whoa, they're amazing. They need to be on this, on this team of the year. Well, I agree with you 100%. Actually, I just uh, I saw this as a chance for them to do the whoa, we didn't pick Messi here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And obviously, I think, you know, 75% sure it will be Messi, Ronaldo, Lewandowski. And those are the best three mm -hmm, uh, that mm -hmm. you could put in any front. But I saw this as a year that they could, you know, talk about the major strides that Salah has made as a player, you know, and mm -hmm, he is mm -hmm. a media darling. Everyone loves him and he's earned it. He works <laughs> he works his ass off he's getting right. better he puts right. up stats that you wouldn't believe he's putting up mm -hmm. uh and his importance to the team is also 
you know, very great. So my thing was big if, if they don't pick one of those three, I think it would be messy. And I think it would be uh, because his gotcha. goal scoring has gone down and that he, he let himself down on the objectives that he was trying to get to. Mm-hmm. He felt like this was the year for Barcelona. He felt like it was the year when Madrid finally wasn't the dominant power in the Champions mm-hmm. League and mm-hmm. that Barca, it was Barca's for the taking. And that was the, you know, unanimous almost uh, understanding of, analysts and fans everywhere and then Bayern destroyed them and they didn't pick themselves back up as a great team should no sure. one should be 8-0 and then feel like losers you're still one of the best teams in the world you know uh, and I don't think they rebounded well and so I could see you know Messi taking a hit for that yeah yeah just uh just in terms of numbers um uh Lewandowski 78 goals 16 assists <sighs> This is since this is since 1920, so it's got a little bit of overlap there. But uh, Lewandowski dominated the goal, 78 and 16. Um, Ronaldo 56 and 8. Uh, Messi 45 and 28. Mbappe 44 and 22. Um, and then Salah, who's the other big one we've been talking about, uh, 40 and 17. Um, so yeah, I mean they're all there. I think Robert Lewandowski without a doubt could be a totally other conversation should have won Ballon d'Or if, mm. if they were handing it out. Um, mm. But, uh, but yeah, that's totally different. Um, I, I still think Messi's going to get it. Um, I, I don't think he did poorly enough to be taken off, but, mm. um, but, but it is what it is. So, all right. Um, who should win it? Um, I'll, I'll go first. Um, for me, Lewandowski and, and Bappe are still there. Uh, Lewandowski, we just read his numbers. Absolutely filthy. Um, Andy won the Champions League final, got player of the year in the Bundesliga, led his team in league goals too. Um, it's, if he's not there, it'd be his first time actually winning or, or being in the team of the year, which is insane to think about because uh, he's been up there for so long. Uh, Mbappe's still there, I think, being in the Champions League final. And, uh, and I think just it's important to win. Um, and then I did what, what exactly what you suggested there. I mean, I don't think Messi deserves to be in this team. Um, I actually think Mohamed Salah should be there over Messi. Um, the Liverpool League title is such a big deal. Uh, the, it's the first one ever, first one of the modern era, or whatever they're calling it. Um, and Mohamed Salah was basically the last key to that puzzle to start that train there. Maybe not, maybe Van Dyke was. But in terms of the, account, the attacking puzzle, um, Mohamed Salah rounded the team out. He's just been consistent and dominant, even though it, it's ugly, but gets prettier every year. Um, <clears throat> And so for me, it was Salah. But uh, I mean, who you got? Yeah, so uh, I also didn't think Messi was deserving of it this year. Uh, So I had Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Salah, and then a fourth attacker. And I thought Benzema deserved Oh my God, no. Look at his stats. (laughs) I mean, the stats speak for themselves. And I hate it because I'm a Barca fan. But he is, him and Ramos arguably are the only ones keeping Madrid in the power powerful team talk uh obviously you can't underestimate Cruz and you know their midfield is amazing but uh Benzema's numbers are ridiculous uh, for the past you know 2020 so uh I thought as far as you know who had a standout year I thought you know uh, he he could get a look I don't know I wanted to put Holland originally and then I was like hey, he's too young but you know he had what a year like you know uh, yeah, it was a crazy year, but I do think Benzema 
you know, should get some sort of recognition for how much he's doing for Madrid. Like he's scoring goals and assisting uh, at the striker position and yeah. they are very bad without him as well. So, yeah, um, definitely. And, and Nima, before, before we go to you, uh, so Mohamed Salah 40 and 17, Benzema 40 and 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did also win the league with, with Madrid. Mm-hmm. He, and he actually ends up getting player of the year over Messi. Yep. In La Liga. Yep. So, um, that's that's fitting to be in there. I, I wouldn't yeah. argue it, but but Nima, who you got? Yeah. So uh, my should be is the same as my will be. I think it should be Messi. I know you guys kicked him, but I just think that the the man is truly remarkable. I think uh, in five or ten years after he retires, we're going to look back and think, "Wow, uh, we had literally the best player ever uh, playing, and we were watching him every Sunday or Saturday." Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I know I recognize that maybe he wasn't quite as alien like as other seasons, but, uh, you know, this year, just like any other year, he was, you know, amazing. Um, uh, Lewandowski, you know, I, I think we've said enough. He, he doesn't need any more explanation. And then Ronaldo again, uh, you know, Ronaldo has been slowing down. I think we can call it for sure. Uh, he's certainly not the player that he was maybe five years ago, but, you know, all credit to him. I'll say that he is is a goal scoring machine. Yep. He is amazing as far as you know, watching how he plays and how he's adapted his game to to maybe slowing down a little bit. Um, you know, and and I think that's the mark of a truly amazing player is recognizing when you you know you are slowing down and when you can't do something. Uh, you know, he's he's just an amazing player, and again, his record speaks for himself. Uh, but I did include a twelfth man that I thought would be kind of fitting. And I did give it to Mohamed Salah. And so, you know, I think that he is, like you mentioned, a, a pivotal, pivotal part of the Liverpool attack, Seth. And, you know, part of the reason, if not a majority of the reason why they were able to win the title. Um, but he just, you know, he didn't quite uh, kick out Messi for me. Uh, so I went ahead and gave him the 12th man award. Yeah. yeah. So uh, fun thing here before we throw it over there, because it came to Messi and, I, I actually used, I used some data for Messi. So I, I'm going to read off three players' uh, numbers. And one of them, I'm not going to tell you who it is. And I want to see if you guys can guess who it is. So okay. uh, Messi was 45 goals, 28 assists, no trophies, no major trophies. That is no, no accolades really of any kind last year. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Ronaldo, 56 goals and eight assists. And they pretty much just won the league. Um, I don't know if he got player of the year or not in Serie A, but um it's he he might he have he, he did. did okay and then there's yeah. another player uh which i'll let you guys figure out who you think it is uh 56 goals and he was looking at the sheet now though he's cheating 56 goals and 12 assists so yeah he, he, yeah cheated, so, so i, mean, I won't i won't I mean, say anything who, who was it who, who do you think that is 56 goals and 12 assists is this the 2019 2020 season or the yeah, this whole is thing? this is 1920 until now but kane it is not Harry Kane. It's Chiro Immobile. Um, ah, yes. Yeah. And, and so when I looked at these numbers, I said, all right, a combined goals and assists, all three of those players are pretty much the same in mm. terms of what they actually did. Um, and none of them did anything significant in terms of accolades or really major trophies. I don't count Serie A that big of a deal for a team like Juventus. Not for Juventus. No. Um, and so I was like, if I can't put Chiro Mobile on this team, then I don't think I can put Messi on this team. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. Messi also, it, it's kind of funny. Messi with Barcelona, five points behind the title. 
Shira Mobile with Lazio, five points behind the title. Like <laughs> their numbers were so similar for that year. I was looking at it and I was like, if I won't put Shira Mobile on there, then I'm not putting Messi on there. Like I just, I can't justify it in terms of like the actual year of data yep. and like, and, and what was accomplished or not accomplished. So um, that's why he got the boot. And, uh, and, and I just think winning is big. Salah won. He proved it for a number of years now. Sadio Mane got it last year, but I think this year is going to be, it should be Salah, but I don't think it will be. And another thing uh, pro Salah is the fact that out of all the Liverpool players that look like they've been in a slump this year, Salah's goal numbers might not be where they were at, but when you look at his touch, I was shocked. The first game I saw, I saw him take a touch. I was like, ah, that was an accident. No way he did that again, like that nice of a touch. Then he kept doing it. And then I watched another Liverpool game and Salah's touch looked amazing again. And it was like, Yep. He, he took it upon himself to improve, and he's really one of the still, you know, well-oiled cogs of the, you know, Liverpool machine that's happening right now. And, yeah, that means a lot in a year that a lot of weird, you know, strangeness has happened and Liverpool's still in contention. The thing, it's just messy. Like we said, the messy effect, same as the LeBron effect in the NBA. It's just he set such a high standard for himself that when you win nothing, that looks very, you know, unmessy like. And just today, he got frustrated again. He got a red card. When does Messi get a red card? He's not feeling like he's had a good year. He feels like down on himself. He shouldn't, obviously, but, you know, he's not living to his own standards and playing to his own standards. So yeah. it hurts me. But I could see this being the one year where he's not there. He's already been snubbed, like you said, for the La Liga player of the year. It wouldn't be crazy to see him not on this list. Though I do think he most likely he will be there. Was it a snub, though? No. (laughs) (laughs) That was bad wording on my part. It's always a snub for me just because I love, you know, the way he plays, no one can play. So I, I agree. I, it's very yeah. hard for me to say, hey, you're better than Messi this year. No, you're not. <laughs> you just won more. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, it's different, like better than or not. I think we'll we'll probably come back and do what we would, you know, if we had to put a team together, you know, mm-hmm. who would they be? Because like Messi would go in that team for me. 100%. But if I'm just looking at data like for this year, I, it's so hard to say. Exactly. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I think that that pretty much rounds us out. Um, well, Nima put a 12th man out there. I mean, do you have a 12th man that you want to throw in there while we're running out of time? Uh, I think Davies. I, I didn't put him in my team for the reasons I told you. Just, you know, it's hard for me to put the youngest <laughs> player on there on the team of the year just because, like you said, you have to dethrone a veteran who's yeah. always putting up those numbers. And he's on, he was on a team that was stacked but still stood out in moments that really mattered in a moment that shattered my heart. Uh, so yeah, that's Davies, fair. That's Davies fair. He's a, he's a, he's a good choice. Shot. I think, I mean, he's a good mm-hmm. choice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and yeah, to round out the conversation, I actually think going back, my, my 12th man would actually go by Naldum as well. I think there's yeah. effectiveness on the field was it, it can't be measured in numbers or stats. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's kind of like that Conte effect, right? He, the guy gets garbage numbers every year. Uh, you know, if you were to actually look at his efficiency, in terms of goals assists but i mean he's gonna start um so anywhere um yeah um all right well i think that wraps up uh this was fun uh we'll get uh you know we'll get the next episode out there as soon as possible but uh you know and uh, and we'll figure out what next topics are but 
That's it then. That's the five blokes podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll have a couple zero. More <laughs> hopefully we will have a couple more blokes other than just the three. So, yeah. <laughs>